Okay, bye. Bye. Cool. Well, I'm Phil. And I'm Phil. <laughs> and welcome to the Phil and Phil Show, where we so talk about... Night. Yep, it, it's Sunday, and uh, Sunday morning here. In, in, oh, in, sorry, in, yeah. In uh, America. Still America. <laughs> Please, for now. Yeah. Still the it, US. It might be China at some point, but we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, not there yet. <laughs> uh, so. so, yeah, so this is the Phil and Phil show where... Um, Phil and what do we I talk about? What do we talk, talk about, about the Phil and Phil show? We talk about stuff and we interview people. And tonight, it's Phil and Phil. So we're going to chat about... Raw food. <laughs> raw food and i think we can chat chat a little bit about um the great reset or Ooh. the great awakening uh, okay I, I like that we can we can um let's let's just bash that out a little bit phil see what we come up with okay. and um well, i got my rebounder so this morning i did my great reset i did 30 minutes of rebounding i was like committed I'm in a Tony wow. Robbins workshop this weekend. So yesterday was all day with Tony, which is fun. And it's just like resetting your patterns. And I got up this morning. I'm like, I'm going to rebound. And I was like, Phil said 30 minutes. So I'm going to do 30 minutes. So I did 30 minutes on my rebounder. Reset all my cells. My cells are really happy. And um, yeah, it just feels good to do 30 minutes of rebounding. So, and um, Phil, I'm, but you have this same rebounder, right, Phil? Oh, yeah, they're just, they are literally the best ever rebounders. I think they're made in Germany, right? Or something like that. I think they're Swiss. Oh, Swiss. Okay, yeah, Swiss. It's called Bellicon. If anyone's interested, we can give you a link, so. <clears throat> have, you got an, have you got a US link, Phil? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, fab, yeah, and I've, got, and I've got a UK link. Right. So, um, yeah, what's great about them is it's, um, it's, made, it's got the bungee straps instead of the springs, so what's great about the Bellicon is it, um, it's like the show is sponsored by Bellicon today. <laughs> so what's great about the way they design it is unlike like the cheap rebounders where if you bounce on it, your body kind of gets jarred around. So it's really bad for your spine. But with the, the, the way they design these is you get really clean bouncing. So it keep, it's really, it's much healthier for the spine than the, the, the cheap spring ones. So. So also, Phil, I want to add to that. There's now lots of cheap bungee cord rebounders out there. Ah, okay. And um, so a friend of mine bought one and it's only got, you know, the, the ropes are like, the bungees are like that long, obviously, obviously twice that because they come out and around. <laughs> when you jump on it, it just goes, uh, uh, uh. and then I was down with a friend of mine a few weeks ago doing some work and she came out of her. She had a little rebounder, a bungee one, and I was like, and I was like, oh, that's cool. She said, do you want it? She said, I'm not going to use it. It just, you know, I do Tai Chi now, and, <clears throat> and it's just taken up space, and I haven't really got the space for it. So do you want it? And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be amazing. Because I've got quite a big, I've got the four foot rebounder, mm-hmm. and even though it's great to bounce on in the winter time, when you when you have it in a house, it takes up so much room. Mm-hmm. So there was this little bouncer. And I was like, yeah, great, because I can I can keep my old one, you know, not my old one, my Bellicon, I can keep <clears throat> under shelter in the garden and use it in the garden and the little one I can keep in the house. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, that's really cool. So I bounced on it and I was like, 
oh. <laughs> Even though it's got bungees, it's oh. And then I um, so I took all my cords off of my Bellicon and stuck it on and bounced on it and it just went ooh, 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 ooh. and I was like oh. so then I got some other I got some stronger Bellicon one and put that on mm-hmm. and it kind of it, it it did it a bit but the, the, it's just there is no comparison right you know the mats are different the frames are different there really isn't any comparison so right you know you can I think my friends that one when it was new was about a hundred and 25 pounds, 150 pounds, something like that. Yeah, these are like 500 pounds, right? For the Bellicon. Yeah, I think I think the little one, the meter one, mm-hmm. which is 39 inches, is about 350. Oh, so that's pretty good. So, I mean, I've had mine for 15 years. And the only thing I had to change was the, I've had the same mat. And the mat's getting a little bit soft, but it still works great. I've had to I've changed the straps once, but if you're using it a lot more, you might need to change the straps once a year. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about that is you can actually get different strengths. So if you like heavy, you can get, or you want to do more athletic work, you can get firmer straps. Or as if you're really light, you can get soft straps. So it's, it's very customizable like that. Yeah. I just upgraded mine to, um, I had strong on there before. I'm not, I'm not very heavy, but you know, when you're around a hundred and, 20 130 pounds and you want to bounce mm-hmm. you need strong straps right but, but what i found when i was doing it a lot in the summer and you know i was bouncing a lot in the summer as i got more aerobic and wanted to go higher the mm-hmm. bounce was too bounce it went in too long <laughs> it came back out so now i found by putting the extra strong on it's it's not it's not as gentle because the, the other one kind of went down this one goes like that, mm-hmm. so you get a much more athletic bounce. So if right. you want to do, if you if you want to do routines and do the and do the kind of and more kind of certain exercises, then I think you need a stronger bounce. You need stronger straps because on the on the ones that are good on the ones that are good for your weight, kind of just for physical health, you know, for detoxification stuff, they're really soft. I mean, it's a beautiful bounce. It's a, it's a very different bounce, but you've still got a whole bounce. Whereas with the cheaper ones, you kind of have half a bounce. Mm-hmm. So it, I can't explain it. I was trying to explain to a friend, you no know, Pete that was on the other day that said hello. Mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to Pete the difference the other day. And I said, until you've been on a Bellicon, I can't explain to you the difference. Right. Because it's a feeling thing. Totally. And then it's like what we ended the show last week was, or what you and I were talking about is uh, why rebounding is is totally lymphatic. So it's it's the number one thing for he, for health is, is is a healthy lymphatic system because that's where the gunk is, the junk. You know, it's our, almost like a sewer system. And if you don't clean it out, like then it's you know it's our body's not going to be efficient and and energized. So. By and by jumping on a rebound or moving the body, walking, we get that lymphatic movement going, and it like it helps the body detoxify. So it's critical. So Phil, just so you know, yeah, one minute of rebounding gives you the same lymphatic movement as an hour of walking. I was once told. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. 
So Luca Rona says that you need, it takes 10 minutes to warm your lymphatic system up. Mm-hmm. So, you, so your 10 minutes is your warm up and anything after that, you are then really moving the lymph as opposed to just getting it moving. Right. So yeah, that's, that's why yeah, I was inspired this morning. I was like, I'm gonna do 30 minutes. Like I wanna get, I wanna really get a good workout. And I was kind of like, my energy was a little bit low. I was feeling a little lethargic. I was like, I'm going to just I'll put some podcast on and I'm going to jump for 30 minutes. So I did. And, it, and I get, feel, feel really good now. So. Oh, wow. So, so Dr. Moores, he, he's the person that, that I've come across really that, that distinguishes the difference between the blood and the lymph. So Dr. Moores says that the blood system is the carrier of nutrients. It isn't there to do the detoxification. Okay. So the blood dumps the toxins into the lymphatic system. Now, if you're not moving the lymphatic system through hot and cold showers, hot and cold therapy, um, exercise, yes, walking does it, cycling maybe a little bit, but you're not you're not actually moving your arms when you're cycling. So you know you need to be creating this pump. The lymph hasn't got a pump. So if your if your lymph is stagnant, which most of ours is stagnant, and our kidneys are kind of a bit backed up and not working properly, then the blood's got nowhere to put to, to dump. So where does the lymph then dump that? Because I thought it was the lymph went to the blood. Am I, maybe I got those mixed up. So where does it go from there? No, the blood goes to the lymph, and then the lymph uses um, kidneys, skin, and bowel, and I'm pretty sure the lungs, to then get rid of all your poison. Ah, okay. But but I, I think there's, there's not a lot of clarity in... Um, health at all traditional or alternative about the lymphatic system well they, you, yeah mm-hmm. you kind of have to get on the internet and really research it and you know i think um dr robert morse has definitely been the biggest influence with me on the lymphatic system and getting the, the lymph moving um but there's there's quite a lot of conflict of of, of what it actually does how it actually works but it's, you know, it's the sewer system. It's the sewer system of the body. So if, if the blood can't dump the sewage, so, so basically it's like the blood's the kitchen and the lymph is the sewage. Well, if you can't get your waste from the kitchen into the sewage, you're in trouble. Right. And that's the best way I've ever heard it described. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so then you get, you, you then get congested, um, lymph all up your digestive tract so your whole digestive tract around the outside of it gets clogged with um compacted lymphatics Mm -hmm. and of course that's a real problem because if you've got compacted lymph around on you know around in your blood vessels and well not in your blood vessels in your lymph vessels around your digestive tract that then you're going to lose absorption right actually the lymphatic system again in a health world it's not really talked about it's crucial so and that you know, and then you talked about it being in like um, certain parts of the skin, and but there's more lymph nodes in like underarms, under your knees, and then that's when you sweat and you'd like get stinky. That's part of the lymphatic system, like detoxing, right? Would you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know what people talk about their glands. If someone's got um, an infection or a cold or anything, their glands come up. And that's the lymphatic system, right? The, the, yeah. the tonsil is trying to detox. So when that gets inflamed, 
that's a sign that and that happens early on in a child's life sometimes it's like that's a sign oh my god like maybe we should be like what why did this child's lymph get so inflamed but we don't we go oh tonsils something wrong with them we need to take them out or you know give them anti-inflammatories which are given out like uh, i was listening to somebody uh, they we give them out like smarties because but that's the body's natural response to dealing with stuff so we should instead be looking at well why the heck are the tonsils so inflamed like what caused this is it was it the child's diet were they exposed to toxins were they recently vaccinated were they given medications why is suddenly the the child's lymphatic system overreacting specifically in the tonsils and the throat you know yeah so so you you've got um lymph vessels which are like blood vessels and then you've got lymph nodes which are like um the dumps they're like little dumpsters and what happens with those is they get congested and infected mm -hmm. and that's then the problem so um yeah moving the lymph is critical um so as, as i was saying deep breathing hot and cold therapy rebounding e exercise in general but definitely definitely the rebounder is the number one swimming's very good Mm -hmm. Because lots of people, if you if they swim, they've got to deal with chlorine. So, you know, chlorine is yeah. a really toxic, nasty gas. So if you're going to swim, actually, Louise was watching now. We were talking about it. Um, one of the new trends in England now is um, wild water swimming. Yeah, I was just telling Susan about that the other day. Like, they just go in, like, the lakes and... <laughs> Except they feel the new class of that, they have their... Uh, she was putting me on it today. They have their wetsuits. Right. So they have their, their thermally, uh, they have dry suits so they can't ever get cold. Okay. They have little hats on. Mm -hmm. They've even got waterproof pouches to put their mobile phone in and then they put their mobile phone in a pocket in their suit. Oh, God. <laughs> and then they've got um, little shoes on mm -hmm. to do their cold water therapy. That's not really cold water therapy at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm joking. They're not doing cold water therapy. Yeah. They're doing I, can, I can understand, like, doing something maybe for your hand, hands and feet. Like, that kind of makes sense because those extremities. But, like, like a wetsuit would make sense because you'd still get a little bit cold with a wetsuit. But a dry suit, like, and I get it. It's, like, it's fun, but, like, you're not really getting the cold therapy with that. So... <laughs> I was tempted today. Our, our our river's up today, Phil, and it's uh, we've got a little bit of flooding. And uh, I thought, oh, that's tempting. I stuck my hand in it. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, that's too cold for me. So, like, these are all things that. So, like, we talked about this last week again. We're coming on to lymph again. Um, these things like, like the hot cold therapy, like you do a sauna or you do a hot tub, and then you jump in cold water. Again, it's stimulating that lymphatic movement. So it's stimulating the lymph to, to dump toxins into the system. Yeah, it's just stimulating it. It's stimulating it to move. And that's the, the, the crucial thing is you've got to get it moving um, so it can, it can get rid of its toxins. So it hasn't got a pump. Apart from, I remember somewhere that actually the diaphragm is potentially the pump for the lymphatic system. That would make sense because when we do deep breathing, which is connected to the lungs, we can detoxify a lot. We can have bad breath. You know, that's part of the detoxification system. So it makes sense that the diaphragm 
has some sort of process as part of this. But if we're very sedentary, think of it like when people are in hospitals and lying in bed permanently, they get bed sores. Like, and that's, that's probably, I mean, my assumption is that's where that body's person is, is resting on a certain spot for an extended period of time. That is usually where the bed sores are. And it's like, well, that's probably because you're blocking the lymph, lymph uh, from draining, from naturally moving. And, and especially if you're not sedentary position. Yeah, that makes perfect, yeah, perfect sense, Phil, because most people think it's stagnant blood, but of course, you're only going to get stagnant blood, I would suggest, if you've got a stagnant lymph. Right. Because you've got the heart to pump the blood around. I know you need to oxygenate it by exercising to get oxygen into the blood, but the lymph, yeah, the lymph's crucial, and, and, yeah. and you know, we need a whole lot more research done on it. Well, anything that restricts lymph. So then we talk about like the, the underwired bras or the very tight bras that women wear, or even like in the past, like the corsets, like anything that's restricting the body is, is going to cause like, is going to cause tox, toxic accumulation. So especially like for the bras, like that's what, you know, connected potentially to breast cancer because you're restricting that lymphatic movement so then toxins accumulate in that area. And what is cancer is the body going, oh, there's these toxins here. Let's put them into this, this encapsulate them and put them into this tumor, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, so the other thing about underwear bras is, of course, then we start to get into EMFs. Right. And uh, it, turns the, it then turns the, the woman's body into an EMF transmitter because you, you've got that metal. And of course, it's in the breast where you've got all your lymph, where, the, where they've got their, their lymph lymph, nodes, yeah. breast full of lymph nodes. And, um, and also, of course, what you're doing is you're, cro you're cross-wiring the body. Ooh, wow. That's going to have so, some, yeah, serious electrical messing with your whole electrical system there. Yeah, so that's going to, you know, that's another level of impact. So we've got, we've got EMFs, we've got uh, lymph, to, to lymph lymph reduction in movement with with under with underwear bras and then we've also got the fact that <coughs> it's crossing the, and some it's, women it's, wear the cell phone in their in their cleavage you know it's like i know and i've, and I've seen women that, that they lift their bra up and stick their phone down the side of their boob which is where wow massive amounts of lymph is it's all connected to the armpit right so man this is trouble it's big yeah. and you know, I know a few people talk about mobile phones and, and, and cellular health. On the whole, though, not enough people talk about it. So, you know, especially at night, folks, get your phone away from you. You know, get your phone. I, I put mine at the other end of the bedroom, put it on flight mode. Right. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's, again, there's so much to talk about about mobile phones isn't it i mean that's another right. whole um i've just been and bought a faraday cage for my mobile phone <laughs> so a faraday cage stops signals coming in and signals coming out so it's right. just it's the pouch that that makes the phone inert and it just it's all in there so that's pretty cool right so you did you mention in that like we know very little about the lymphatic system and like for a lot of time, they, 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 they were saying that there's no lymphatic system to the head. And then in the last like year or something, they discovered that there is a, a minor lymphatic system that goes around the head, which makes sense because the brain, you know, needs to detox too. So, 
that makes perfect sense. And, and, and instead of calling it the lymph system, because of course it's totally separate to the body lymph system, they've mm. called it the glymph system. Mm. Interesting. Because they're, you know, it, it's, it's separate, right? It's not the same system as the body <coughs> system. It's a separate system because it goes around the head. So it's impossible that they could be interconnected and be the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, that would be too ridiculous for them to be right. the same lymphatic right. system that are connected and do the same job. So just talking about EMFs, um, a lot of people theorize that, you know, the new, the 5G is is potentially causing, um, because it's at the microwave frequency, it, it's potentially linked to the health effects that we're seeing in today's world in terms of, of respiratory issues, because it's at the same frequency as the, I think it's the oxygen absorption molecule. And I would just wonder how these things, and we will need more research, how is this connected to the lymphatic system and how it's affecting the different electrical systems in the body? It's just, I, I don't, there's a lot of unknowns there, but. I'm sure on a level, it's, I'm sure on a level, it's all known. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, these people that create the, these um, amazing technologies, some right. amazing technology, um, the thing that we've got to remember is they're not stupid and they're not ignorant. Right. You know, they're in, incredibly intelligent people. Right. And I, and I think probably a lot of the scientists that are involved as well, because, you know, I know lots of people that, are, that love the idea of 5G, and I'm sure lots of the scientists that are doing it are doing it because it's a really exciting development. Right. I'm sure they are. I'm sure there's, there's lots of innocent people in that field, even though we know that, you know, 4G is bad enough on health. You know, you can see the research. If you, if you get, if you do something with a live blood analysis, um, or dark field, whatever people want to call it, you know, dark field microscopy, live blood. Um, then you put them on a mobile phone for an hour and then take their blood again, it's completely different blood. It's completely different. Um, so we know from, from it's, to me it's research, lots of, lots of scientists will say it's woo-woo research, but actually it shows. Mm -hmm. It shows a difference on the blood. Right. So we know 4G does it, and, you know, 4G, I think, is about... Um, well, Wi-Fi is 12,000 megahertz, so 4G is in somewhere in that field. Mm -hmm. And then 5G, of course, is 60,000. Up to, right? I mean, it's not all there yet, but they've started it out at, like, what? 8 gigahertz or something? So 8,000, 8, maybe? Up to, so it goes from 8. So 8 is the starting up to 60,000. So there's a range there, I think. Yeah, and that's, and that's 8 gigahertz as opposed to... 12,000 megahertz. Right. <laughs> wow. So, it, so, yeah, it's just like, wow. Yeah. And people say, well, it's just invisible things. It's like, well, you know, your body is working on electricity and those are invisible, but they, they have an effect on our body. You know, we can restart the heart using paddles or using electricity. It's a, a shock of electricity. <laughs> we can't see electricity, but if you stick your fingers in a socket, it's it's not going to do so good. So. No, no, that really that really hurts, Phil. Yeah, I once I did stick my fingers in a lampshade thing. That was not fun. It was scary, but I was okay. But it scared me. 
because I was like, oh, that, this light's not turning on. And I put, I was trying to see if there was a bulb there and there wasn't. And I touched the thing and zapped me. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was more yeah, like so, scary. Yeah. So it's, it's also messing up um, bird migration. Right. No, not not even uh, 5G, but, but 4G, 3G. It's messing up the bees, messing up bird migration. You know, it's a really big deal. And would, I was listening to um, a regenerative agricultural show today. There's a there's a a big nine day thing going on at the moment about about seed and how's the seeds dying. And apparently, what they're doing to find um, gas and oil, I think it is, under the sea, is they're using sonar. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not going to get this totally right. But apart from the fact it was completely messing with um, sea creatures' ability to navigate, so of course they navigate with sonar. Especially it, the dolphins, right? It creates so much heat that that, um, that it explodes cells and things like that. So, it, wow. so, so they're killing the krill, they're killing the phytoplankton, they're killing uh, they, it, the, 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 the sonic, because apparently they do it, they do it like for a year or something. And um, well, we're seeing you know, the effects throughout nature on like, you know, the, the bees. I mean, we know that part of the bee uh, die off is colony collapse disorder is connected to pesticides, but it's also connected to increasing EMF frequencies, increasing transmitters, because they, they, they use electrical fields to navigate and they're not able to navigate and get back home. Same with the bats, with birds, um, with these creatures that use frequencies to navigate and get around and, and homing. And I, I think I've heard somewhere that homing pigeons are having a harder time. Yes, I heard that, Phil. Yeah. So, so I mean, with, so that's on the animals and, and they're out in nature. So, so think of us and people go, well, you know, one cell phone, you know, it's not going to have an effect, but it's the saturation point. You got the cell phone, you got the, the tower, you got your Wi-Fi transmitter, you got the frequency coming off your, your microwave or your computer. And it's like this full on saturation point, especially if you're in a home where there is a Wi-Fi transmitter and there's your cell phone or you're in a car that's got, you know, Wi-Fi enabled car with the cell phone. And like you talking about the Faraday cage, we become inside the Faraday cage. So those frequencies are enhanced in the car when you're talking on the cell phone in the car with the, with the car Wi-Fi activated. So. so so, here's another one then, Phil, right? Yeah. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a little prediction now. Yeah. That electric cars are gonna be catastrophic. Absolutely, yeah. Because, um, and I, I don't know this for sure, but I think that electric cars are going to create a Faraday cage. And I think that, again, people that, what I'd love to do is, is uh, get an electric car with someone that's happy to drive it and do a dark field microscopy, live blood on their blood after they've not been in it for, for say a day or two, then do their blood test, then get them to drive it for an hour. Right, and, and then do another, and then do another live blood analysis test on them to see their blood because that would um, show whether I'm right or wrong. Yeah, I think the way to do it, like you say, is to reset them. I think we need something like you stand on the earth in in the woods, the woods or something, 
like see where the blood is at after that and then like we come almost need like the 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 control study to see <laughs> but i i agree and i think they just didn't they just announce that they're gonna phase out phase into electric cars in the uk like 2030 or something where they're not gonna yeah, sell them anymore they're gonna produce no more diesel or petrol cars but the thing is the other thing i found out as well which is really interesting they can't recycle the batteries they can't recycle them no. wow oh you went quiet i don't hear you what happened oh interesting. Oh, we're back. You're back, yeah. It was just a so second. You heard the bit about the thing I was saying about batteries cannot be recycled. Yes. And um, and they have to, they just go into landfill. Wow. And I was reading something else where at the moment they're using um, child slave labor to get the metals out in Africa and, and, um, and other countries. They use children. To actually, uh, that that was that was a mobile. That was the metals for the mobile phone. I think the co-op are now doing a fair trade mobile phone, so they're so they're not using any, any slave labour. Mm -hmm. I mean, what on earth are we doing using slave labour? You know, what is the still in today's time? It's just it's ridiculous. Twenty twenty, yeah. World slave labour. It is diabolical. So like and then but like it's kind of just odd to me that people don't make that connection. That it's like oh well it's the end use like it's 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 a zero emission free vehicle, but we got to think of the full life story of that. How did it get to be a free emission free vehicle? Where did the electricity come from to power that vehicle? How did you produce the batteries or the microchips to? I mean, this the whole thing is a computer, or the what? Or the tires. Or the tires, anything like that. I mean, right now we're focused on the electric aspect of it, but it's like it goes all the way through to, you know, is it really good for the environment and, and good for the human body? And the answer is, is clearly no to me, that these no, are dangerous. It's really clear, right, Phil? Hydrogen technology. Yeah. That's hydrogen technology... The, um, the waste from hydrogen is oxygen. Oh, what a shame. We're going to burn hydrogen and pump out oxygen. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, you know, that's why, 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 why isn't hydrogen, you know, we've got hydrogen engines. My God, Victor Schauberger built one for Hitler in, the, in 1938, I think. Wow. Um, and he was going to power his U-boats on, on water engines. You know, they've been around for 70 yeah. years. Mm -hmm. And yet, we're doing batteries, which is such a disaster. Right. And even with, like, the petrol engine, the reason we're phasing this out, and, like, sure, they, they have other chemicals and other pollutants. And I imagine we could probably put better filters on cars so those things didn't go into the environment. But a lot of it's focused on the whole carbon thing. Like, oh, carbon is bad. Carbon dioxide is bad. Like, that's the focus. And it's like, this is why we're getting it's because everybody's terrified. This is being rammed down our throats. The carbon dioxide is bad for the environment. It's like, no, carbon dioxide is, is fine. You know, there's no problem. Well, isn't carbon dioxide crucial? It's crucial for the trees. So we actually have seen reduction in carbon dioxide and 
trees, uh, trees and plant life flourish with a higher carbon dioxide content. And they actually, I think in like certain greenhouse environments, they actually put extra carbon dioxide to help the plants grow. So yeah. it's, it's critical for life on the planet is carbon dioxide. And, and it's like we see in society the reversal of things. And we, this carbon dioxide is one of those things. Instead of going, let's focus on the pollutive aspects of, of industry, like they're going to focus on carbon dioxide. It's like it's, it's backwards, it's upside down. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if, if we've got too much CO2, it isn't rocket science. Plant more trees, plant more plants, clean out the oceans and get all the algae and stuff going back in the oceans that actually use CO2. I think, I think the, ox, um, the ocean is the biggest consumer of CO2 and the biggest creator of oxygen. So why are we worried about it? Right. Once again, we're looking at, you know, we're biting the hand that feeds us. Yeah. Actually, we need to be looking at not, not necessarily blaming and once again as well humans are being blamed so um I well i think what it is i think it's a distraction it's a distraction from what the real problem is it's like hey look over here look at carbon dioxide and they did the same with ozone look at ozone so ozone is nature's detoxifier like you'll find high ozone in in cities in smog environments but the ozone isn't really the problem ozone is there because it's, it's, it's binding with the pollutants. It's the pollutants that are the problem, not the ozone necessarily. So, and you can smell ozone like here after, it's amazing in the desert, after the rain you get, uh, you smell that ozone. It's, it's really amazing. And of course we don't wanna be in artificially high ozone environments. Like we have ozone generators at the manufacturing facility. We run them overnight um, because, you know, high amount of ozone, you can kill bacteria and stuff like that. So you just, you know, great, great. It's that's nature's way of doing it. But, but in small amounts, it's good. It's one of those good things. And the same with carbon dioxide. We need, we need that balance. But it's a distraction from the real pollutants. Like the ozone is a distraction from the smog. Why is there smog? Because of industry and unhealthy city environments with high positive ions and, the, the, the cars or the brake, brake dust and all these things that accumulate in city environments. And if we focused on the real issue, then like you said, we'd be planting trees everywhere. We'd be, we'd be do, and we can do this. That's what the change we want to see. We'd be doing regenerative agriculture. We'd be like, okay, let's build the soil. Let's, you know, focus on building healthy soil with, you know, healthy microorganisms and, and putting minerals back into the soil. Um, and planting trees everywhere so that so the obvious solution we spent all of this time arguing about carbon dioxide instead of going oh we need to heal the earth we need to regenerate the soil and plant trees and plant gardens everywhere so it's my rant my soapbox <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's cool Phil, because it's like um it's like medicine isn't it right oh your tonsils are inflamed so your tonsils are the problem right so Cut the problems out. Let's let's get rid, rid of the problem. Use the tonsils. Cut the tonsils out. Give them antibiotics. Whatever. So you know, and it's the same. The CO two, the ozone. It's the same. Whatever it is, they're looking at at the problem. But the problem, it's not a problem. It's a it's a symptom. It's a symptom of the problem. And what we've got to do. Electric cars are not the solution. Right. Electric cars are going to be another. You know, I remember when I was a kid. Right. We had petrol cars. And 
we had diesel Land Rovers and tractors, agricultural vehicles with diesel, and they stank. You know, you could chew it, you could taste it. It was horrible. Right. And then they said, oh, we've got this wrong. Uh, um, petrol's the baddie, diesel's the goodie. And I remember saying, well, I, wasn't very, I wasn't very old when all that happened. And I said, but we know that that's not right. We know that diesel's stinky, smelly, inefficient stuff. So how all of a sudden is it better than petrol? Then a couple of years ago, especially in England, they went through this thing and said, oh, we got it wrong. Petrol was way better than diesel. We got it wrong. Diesel's a real pollutant. The, part the particulates are so big, we can't filter them out and, and they get into the lungs and create havoc. Yeah, well, we knew that. Mm -hmm. I knew that at 10 years old, it was going to be a problem. Right. Um, it, did, it didn't make sense. And, you know, the same now. So we went from petrol to diesel, diesel to petrol, and now petrol to electric. No, no. Electric's going to be a disaster. Right. It's going to be another planetary disaster. And everyone's going, get rid of cars. We don't need, to, we don't need everyone's saying we're overpopulated and human beings are the problem. No, they're not. We're not overpopulated and human beings are not the problem. Human beings are the solution. It's just we're being pro programmed and brainwashed to believe that we are the problem. And actually, we're not the problem. Right. We're not making the cars. We're not making the fuels. We're not making the shit. Yes, we're using it, but we keep getting told, oh, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. I mean, and, yeah. And on the whole, human beings, on the whole, do their best to do what they think with the information they've got at that moment in time, the best they can. But if we're giving, if we've got shit products and shit information, we can only ever make a shit choice. Mm -hmm. Until we go, well, actually, there has to be another way of doing this and that's what that's where you and i have come to because it's like but we know there's better solutions right and human beings are not the problem right and, and like and but because because the, the controlling people have suppressed like there's so many solutions out there for every everything that we're dealing with like for energy for vehicles for moving water for healing the body yeah, these things have been suppressed and dumbed down. Like you can't even talk about freaking vitamin C these days. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, how, how how crazy is that? You know, Linus Pauling got a Nobel Prize for his work on vitamin C. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just. So does that mean that that does that mean now then that that Nobel Prize is null and void? Right. If we're not allowed to to talk about a Nobel Prize winners um discovery yeah discovery his, discovery, his, his work his you know yeah if we're not allowed to talk about his life's work why the bloody hell did they give him a nobel prize and if vitamin right. c hasn't been proven to work why did he get a nobel prize it's just mm -hmm. nonsense right that's the propaganda fake news right of our normal media channels i'm afraid to yeah. say that's and, you, and we were you were talking about medicine earlier and it reminded me i've been listening to dr uh, dr thomas cohen and he's talking about all every reaction and any negative reaction that the body has is usually the body trying to detoxify in some way or or trying to come back into balance detoxify balance 
And so, you know, you have an accident or something and the body gets inflamed. So the doctors immediately throw anti-inflammatories at it. But that's the body trying to heal. It's doing what it needs to do. Um, and it, like, and these are the only options we get instead of like, okay, well, maybe you need to, you know, jump on a rebounder to get the lymphatic system going to help drain that toxin that's being created. But instead, we throw drugs at it. We throw painkillers and anti-inflammatories and all of these things that just just mask the symptoms which is what medicine is it, it's the snake oil of today's world and it's been re it's one of those reversals again whereas modern medicine is the snake oil and natural medicine is is the real medicine or natural lifestyle and 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 herbs and and healthy eating is the real answer yeah, nature nature's always nature's Look to nature, my friends. You know, nature's always the answer, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, what does an animal do when it breaks its leg? You know, if it doesn't, if it if it's able to, it will go and hide. It will hide and, and go into, you know, semi-hibernation on the earth and sleep and rest and, and heal itself. It doesn't go, oh, let me, let me find some anti-inflammatory drugs. <laughs> drugs. <laughs> so, you know, again, Dr. Moore says this really beautifully as well, you know, Every disease state part bit is acid. And if you've got an acid problem, which is what an illness, a disease, an inflammation is an acid problem, why would you flood the body with more acid, which is what drugs, pharmaceuticals and drugs are acid, right? They have an acid reaction in the body, which means they leave acid. So fruits and vegetables leave an alkali ash. Mm -hmm. so even, you know, an amazing thing is like, you know, when, when lemons go in, people go, but how can lemons be alkalizing? Because they're acid. It isn't that the acid's alkalizing, it's that the residue that's left is alkaline. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've got to remember. You get an alkaline ash and an acid ash. And if you've, got, if you've got any kind of a pain or an illness, then you know you've got acid in that particular area. And then what, that, what the acid in that area is showing you is you've got a weakness in that area of your body. Whether it's your lymph system, whether it's your, your, your lung system, whether it's a glandular system, you know, whether it's the endocrine system, you know from where the, from what the symptom is, you know what the weakness is so we got to look at weaknesses acid and weakness mm -hmm. so let's talk about another reversal is the whole germ theory the germ theory of disease or the viral yeah. theory of disease what's happened in that situation we see more bacteria and it's actually the the bacteria is trying to help heal the body so the so it's like the it's like the swamp kind of thing like the swamp the flies don't make the swamp. The swamp attracts the flies, you know, kind of thing. It's like um, the thing they do with, uh, they do a maggot therapy where they put maggots on wounds and the maggots will eat up only the dead material. So the whole germ theory disease is, is totally flawed. Totally flawed, yeah. So again, it's like if our body isn't working properly, I mean, I think Gabriel Cousins writes it great in... Um, in his book, Conscious Eating. He calls it the composting button. Button. Oh, that's in Rainbow Green, Rainbow Green Life Food Cuisine. Isn't it? Isn't it in both? No. 
It might be in special nutrition, but conscious eating was written before Rainbow Green. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Don't mean to correct you there, but I did live with the guy for a while. so. I know, I know exactly. It's just I thought I was reading uh, conscious eating when I was in... Um, He did, mm -hmm. he did have a section in spiritual nutrition on it. Um, yeah, so. I'm going to look it up, Phil. I know you are, but I know I'm, I'm right sure. here. I'm sure, I, I, you know, I, can, <laughs> I, know, I know you're probably right, but I have to, I have to uh, check that okay. I'm not going mental. I am going mental. Right. Yeah, so, so when, once we start to compost, once we, once we have uh, putrefaction, once we have... Um, fermentation going on in the body it's the breeding ground right so yeah. all these so all these things come in to clean us up right so something that's really interesting with candida right phil candida mm -hmm. as people call it is candida is actually an adrenal issue did you know that ah no tell me more what happens it so what happens is the adrenals regulate sugar so if the adrenals are down then the sugar isn't getting regulated properly. So if, the, so if the adrenals can't regulate the sugar properly, something has to control the sugar. Mm, interesting. The candida albicans comes out and creates an overgrowth. It's there. It's always there. Right. It overgrowth, and everyone wants to kill. Right. But what the candida's saying actually is, hey guys, your adrenals are down, your sugar system's out of whack, sort it out. And, and it's trying to do a job, but then we try and kill it more, and then it produces more, or we eat and diet that feed it. And it's, yeah, all of the all of these, a bacterial infection is normally it's normally going to be stagnant lymphatics. Mm -hmm. yeah. Unless, of course, you you consume calpus, then it's going to be a calpus issue. Right. <laughs> And then, so you look back at all of these epidemics and, and, and diseases that are said to be caused by the bacteria or the virus or a germ, but when you actually look at them, they were kind of caused by kind of three things. One, very bad sanitation. So they were in areas where people were peeing and pooping on the streets, eating really bad diets, living really close quarters, not, you know, not not living in a healthy environments. So that was, that was one aspect of it. Um, two was in these situations, they were given, um, given vaccines and the vaccines actually created a, a toxic reaction in the body. So smallpox is a great example of that. The smallpox epidemic was actually caused by the smallpox vaccine. And you can look at the historical research on that, but that's suppressed from the mainstream. But when you start reading into this stuff, and I'm reading this book, Virus Mania, and like that, like it's pretty clear that that the, in the history that we're not told, you know, these are the facts. And then the other aspect of it, and again, it's like this this distraction. It's like, oh, it's the microbe, it's the virus. Another one is um, related to polio. Polio is clearly linked to um, the pesticides that were being used at the time, lead arsenate um, was one, um, and then the other one was DDT. 
So these two chemicals that we used in the environment were actually the cause of the polio epidemic. And then again, they started vaccinating people and that continued that, that situation. And how they proved that polio was an infectious disease, and this is the saddest, most awful story, is they actually took, they, they took the brain of a monkey that was infected or sick and they injected it into the brains of other monkeys and said, oh, this, this causes the disease because this is connected to Louis Pasteur because they weren't able to prove it other ways. They weren't able to, you know, get the monkeys to breathe on each other or, or you know, even taking these bacteria orally, it wasn't passing on the disease. So the whole infectious disease theory is totally flawed. So I think we need a whole summit on this, like a whole summit on the truth about infectious disease. I think it would be a fascinating project. Another another one Phil was really interesting. Right, I was listening again to this to this thing about Regen Ag and talking about the oceans, and and this guy cited Paul Stamets, and Paul Stamets has got a mushroom complex mm. that you uh, feed to your plants, and what they found was as the plants got strong, they didn't get attacked by any predators. Right, because. So they were saying one in, like, yeah, he wasn't sure about the uh, the plant. He thought it was broccoli, but he wasn't sure the guy that was talking today. And he said, what happens is the weaker one didn't produce much sugar. So they chomped away on it really happily. But the strong one produced a lot of sugar. The sugar in the microbes, in, in, the, um, in the insects and things that attacked it, created um, fermentation, killed them. Wow. Interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, at that point, we clearly know that like a healthier plant is going to thrive, you know, on a, on a healthy soil. But these plants that are grown in monoculture with no help from the soil, because the soil is dead, there's no, no microorganisms to create balance, ends up being the bad microorganisms, whatever that means, are the ones that they're just going to take that plant down and what do they do? So they use more pesticides, they use more herbicides, they use more chemicals. And it's the same with the body. The human body is the same. And do you know what else with farming, Phil? Plowing, do you know what, do you know what plowing releases? Carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, because when you don't introduce oxygen into the soil, you get carbon. Right. It's something I've only learned recently. So. What, what's, what's supposed to happen is the worms and all the microbes come up, bring the oxygen back down into the soil. But once you till the soil, once you till it and you open it up, you release all the carbon. When the carbon interacts with the oxygen, it becomes carbon dioxide. So actually, till farming is the number one creator of carbon dioxide. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a funny joke. I'm just like, there's not like, yeah. You know, this, this, the bullshit thing with the vegan movement is they're blaming it on cows and the cows farting. It isn't the cows farting, guys. It's <laughs> the farmers turning the soil. Now that sounds ridiculous, right? Well, no, it doesn't. To me, it's like, think about it. Like, again, like, let's look to nature. Like, that's a distraction, right? So let's look to nature. There's no plow in the rainforest, like, no. or in a, or in a woodland forest or in a woodland or, 
anywhere. Like there's no plow there because that and but but that the trees still break down and they go back into the earth. Like that cycle, that natural cycle is there and in a healthy way. The soil is built. The microorganisms do their work. The worms do their work. The different insects do the work. The mushrooms do their work. You go in a wild forest and look at them. The mushrooms are growing. You see mold in this place and, and you see the, the leaves breaking down. Like you see that all of that is part of the interaction of the environment. Whereas in the modern farm, there's like one plant to each area. And like, it's like it's those, and those plants are unhealthy. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's fascinating. And also he was talking about, um, in, in one I watched last night, I watched a bit of a David Wolf one. Like David Wolf's actually really interesting when he talks about regenerative agriculture. Mm -hmm. He's fascinating, actually, I didn't realise. Um, and this other guy was talking about the fact when you use steel in the ground, mm. it actually, um, oh, no, I can't remember because it's, but, but it actually, Let's just let's just say that it creates disharmony. Right. So iron creates disharmony, whereas copper, copper, so bronze tools create harmony. Mm -hmm. So so um, iron, steel is destructive. Bronze, copper is regenerative. Mm. I think it goes back to Schauberger. Maybe Sch Victor Schauberger talked about Victor that. Schauberger talked a lot about all that. Yeah. So again, when was when was he? The nineteen twenties, wasn't he? Yeah. And Lots how did they learn that? They just observed nature, and yeah, like yeah. we're more and more getting away from nature, so we're not observing it. So we're in our heads, and we're we're not focused on the thing. But get outside of that, go for a walk, put your feet on the earth, start to observe nature, and be quiet. And uh, I think I was listening to a po some podcast yesterday, and it was like. You know, you're struggling with something, go it, go for a walk, be on your own. Don't you know you turn off your phone and be quiet and just listen. And just you know, just be quiet. And 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 nature will guide you. And I think we're listening to all of these voices and all of this stuff. And yeah, we can we can reconnect and then the, the answers will come very quickly. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. And that you know, that's the that's the thing. Listening to the, you know, talk to the trees. Yeah. But, you know, when I was doing the shamanic training, we had a practice, and it was called "Go Preach to the Trees." So you go and uh, and and you and you find a tree that you you know that, that you felt attracted to for whatever reason, and you would just share with the tree all of your problems, thoughts, whatever. You just share with the tree, and then be quiet. I love that. And then listen back and listen for the feedback. It reminds me of a story. I just actually just heard this this week. Dr. Cohen was talking about how the Native Americans were, were telling the, the, the colonizers, we talk to the trees. And these colonizers who were chopping down the trees and <laughs> destroying the environment, they're like, no, that, that you're just guy, you guys are ridiculous. It's like, well, you know, if you were chopping down the trees and you sat with the tree, you probably hear the tree talking to you. <laughs> but we're disconnected from nature, so we don't hear the trees. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's, we don't hear the trees, we don't hear the birds, we don't hear the grass, we don't hear the flowers or the plants. You know, we're not giving thanks for what we're picking or using or utilizing. And then there's no give back. You know, if you look at, if you look at modern agriculture, there is no give back. 
it, it's all just take, 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 and then we'll give you a bit of plastic fertilizer. Like, or pet what, petroleum extract fertilizer, something. Yeah. yeah. You know, Shamanic teacher friend of mine said to me once, she, she was saying, Phil, it's really interesting. Most people take what you don't want to give and give what you don't want. <laughs> so, so someone will, will, will take something that you don't really want to give and then and in return they'll give you something that you don't really want and farming's the same right it takes all of the harvest that the land doesn't really want to give and then in return gives it plastic fertilizers mm -hmm. so it takes what the, what, the, what the ground doesn't actually want to give and gives back what the ground doesn't want and that, you know, that's that's how we live at the moment, isn't it? It's all upside down, inside out, and back to front. Which ties into the Great Reset, which I wanted to talk about. <laughs> In the, you know, the Great Reset is like, hey, we're gonna have this great technology that you can, you know, put a little chip in your head and you'll be able to see the, the drop-down menus and you'll you'll be enhanced with technology. And you know the whole trans transhumanism agenda, and you'll be free of disease, and you'll be able to connect to the internet all the time, and you'll have the vast wealth of the, you know, the library of humanity in your brain, and you'll be able to access it immediately, and you'll be driving your, you know, self-driving car, and it's like, if you think about it, it's like, I don't, I don't really want that. <laughs> Like the wisdom in nature and the, the 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 matrix of, you know, the internet of the microzymas in the in the soil and the, we don't even know about this. Like we're so disconnected, we don't know about the mushrooms and the microzymas and the interaction and the the magic of the forest. We're excited about this arbitrary thing that's going to take away humanity in the Great Reset. And the great power, like in nature, is so much more powerful, you know. And I think people are going to wake. People are waking up, and and it's just a good thing. So they're like, we don't want this, you know. Well, what we've realised is that actually it isn't better than what we had. Right. You know, I think people are now realising that yes, the mobile phone's convenient. Yes, the computer's convenient. Yes, this is convenient. Yes, the microwave's great. Yes, 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 yes. But actually. People are realizing they're getting tireder, they're getting sicker, they're getting more disconnected, there's, there's more separation. You know, and, and, and I think it's being sold on the fact that we will become connected. Right. You know, everybody, I think, Phil, is craving connection. Connection right. to self, connection to others, connection to nature, connection to God. Everyone's craving this connection in this totally disconnected time and oh david likes says it beautifully doesn't he problem action solution yeah so we've created a problem which is we're totally disconnected from ourselves each other nature and god or not to disrespect anybody but whatever you choose is your yeah mm -hmm. your spiritual thing i'm just calling it god because we all understand that whether we like that or not that's by the by really it's just a spirit, Wack and Tonka, great spirit. Um, actually, what people are craving, I think, from my own journey, is connection to spirit, nature, God. Each so, other, <laughs> heart to heart connection. 
So people are craving connection. And so, so the problem has been around, of course, <clears throat> education has been all about division. Medicine's all about division. The telephone is all about division. Mm -hmm. The television's all about division. Mobile phones, actually, it's all about separation. It's all about separation. And then we all become, we all feel lonely and separate in this amazingly connected world, right? Right. The, the world has never been more connected. So how come so many people feel disconnected? Right. Because we're, the we're yeah. There's the irony, Phil. Mm -hmm. There's the upside down and inside out, right? We've, we've never, ever been so connected. In, the, in here, in the left brain connection. <laughs> so it appears we've never been so connected. So right. the problem, so the problem that they've created is separation. Right. From people is craving connection. So the solution is, let's stick a chip in your head, stick your thumb up your bum, and you're all going to be connected. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think, well, it's too late. Folks, that's too late. So, because because what that's actually going to create is more separation. Because we're not craving that connection. Right. Well, it's getting us more and more in our heads, more in only the left brain, which is potentially the dysfunctional side of the brain. If because of the way we eat, like the whole brain is connected to the heart, and the heart guides us, but. We're in our heads, like we're focused on our devices and we're fighting each other. And it's like this whole, you know, this whole, and we think we're connected, but we're really not. We're not connected heart to heart with people. We are so, we are so disconnected. And the more educated people become, the more disconnected they become. Right. And actually, you know, I went for a walk with a friend of mine and we were talking about forest schools and we went in, we spent about two hours walking around the woods yesterday. And I haven't done that for such a long time. And, and actually I felt really inspired and I came home and started to write um, like a briefing for me um, to start creating planning so I can actually use my old skills from being in the woods. Mm -hmm. and you know create a connection for people so people can then come and hang out and connect with the trees connect with the woods connect with the plants connect with each other go barefoot you know do meditations in the woods talk to the trees um listen to the birds listen spend time listen meditate listen meditate right. talk and it was it was like oh wow this is actually this is fab because this is actually Yes, I'm into the health. Yes, I'm into the, you know, the, the, the raw food stuff. And yes, I'm into, you know, all that jazz. But actually, that doesn't feed me like when I'm in the woods. Right. And I think that's our mission. You know, you and I, we're really aligned on that. It's like we want to reconnect people to the, to the earth again. And this whole, the COVID reset, which has got nothing to do with the virus disease. I'm very solidly clear on that. It's got to do with like with disconnected people. We're covering up our faces, which is critical communication devices. We're going more and more digital. That's the reset. And like, we want to go, uh-uh, 
we're going to take this opportunity right now and we're going to reset back to mother nature's rhythm and i think the more people we can turn on to mother nature's rhythm we're going to reject this technocracy this ridiculous situation like we know we feel better i don't know how many people i've hugged who have been like wow i haven't hugged anyone for months and i'm just like oh my god like how could you not like hug anybody for months like like that that's soul crushing you know it's like you, we need to hug we need to interact we need to touch each other we need to see each other's faces and the interaction of each other you know it's like we need to just be face to face in groups of people you know and even if you're introvert or extrovert i'm more introvert i like i like to be around people but not necessarily like in the midst of the group i kind of like to be on the periphery but I still need to be around people. So whether you're introvert or extrovert and like you need, you need, we need to be around other people. We are community beings and it's not going to work digitally. Like it's great digitally. We can use this, but we need to create these gatherings and it, we're going to have to do it in the fields, in the woods <laughs> and go for walks. And yeah. And I think people from that experience, maybe this is our mission is like, they're going to, we're going to reconnect and go, well, wait a minute look at what's going on this is this is the opposite of what we want and that phil just put, has just brought up uh, my friend will lord um that he he does he, he runs a site called beyond 2000 and he's all about uh you know he, he's the caveman mm -hmm. um but man he is so grounded uh mm -hmm. just you know he he's he teaches like like with animals he teaches to use every single part mm -hmm. You know, the sin every part he, he he that's what he teaches people to use every right thing. and he is so reverend in what he does i don't care the fact that he eats animals or, or or does that because he does it with such reverence and such respect right he, he, he's a complete diamond yeah and, um yeah i mean he he, he does flint napping bow making um, I'll try and get him on again because I, I tried before. Yeah, uh, I, I really, I, I so respect people like that, and it's like, because and it, like I, I follow a couple of people on Facebook. They're really into like the whole, you know, hunting, but they do it with such reverence, and they they connect with the animal, they connect with the earth, they use every bit of the animal and the oil, and they do all that stuff, and yet. Like, and it's what's really fascinating is you, I see all of these like hardcore vegans who are really in their heads come out of the woodwork and attack these people. I'm just like, do you realize what you're attacking? Like, I get the whole like plant-based lifestyle, but if you're in your head and you're like eating, you know, <laughs> highly processed soy and like you think that's good for you and you, that's not good for the planet. And there's this person who's, trying to live in alignment with the cycles and they're you know being reverent with the animal they're actually more in tune with nature they're more they're more compassionate actually they're more compassionate than a hardcore vegan a hundred percent yeah i mean I, I as you know for i shot for years and um and what was really interesting when i shot i you know and i used to be in the pub I'd almost have identical conversations to when I'm vegan. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, hold on a minute. I had the same conversation when I shot things, and now we don't eat things, I'm having the same conversation, and I'm getting accused of the same thing, but differently. <laughs> it's like, wow. 
So I'd sit there and and that people would be obviously obviously meat eaters and telling me how wrong it was for me to kill an animal. And I'd be like, hang on a minute. So you're sitting there eating your steak and it's wrong for me to shoot. Oh, really? Things. People said that to you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I shouldn't. It was wrong for me to shoot things. And I, so I said, so it, it, it's wrong for me to shoot an animal to feed my animals, like my dogs or my ferrets or, or whatever it was. So that's wrong. Or to, or to protect the crops, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or we'd shoot a squirrel and then the squirrel would be fed to the ferrets. But that was to protect the trees. So we're protecting the trees and we're feeding the animals, right? Mm-hmm. And and the little and the squirrel tails would go off and they'd use them in fly fishing to make fly to, to tie flies with. And um but that was all wrong while well, I sat there eating my steak. So <laughs> Hang on a minute, then. You're eating a house that's gone through. A, you're eating an animal that's been raised inhumanely, that's gone through a slaughterhouse, that's been completely traumatized. And I've just shot something that's grown up peacefully in nature. And I've used all of it to feed to feed something else, right. and that's wrong. And it was done. Right. Trauma done so and now i'm sitting there vegan oh you gotta eat meat same people same same people not, wow. not the same type of people but the same people <laughs> so when i was shooting that was wrong and i shouldn't be doing it while they're eating their steak well not while they're eating their steak but while they were having a steak dinner they were telling me mm-hmm. i was wrong Wait. so i'm now sitting there with my green juice, my smoothie, my melon juice, my lemon water. Oh, you got to eat me. <laughs> no, no, no. You got this like, wow. Yeah. The irony, having having been sat on two sides, well, the same side of the bloody table, actually. Mm-hmm. Same person, same people, same side of the table, same thing. You're wrong because you're not doing it, basically, because I'm not doing it the way that they think I should do it. Well, I think that's that's the symptom of, of what's going on in today's world is and we're, we're going to break that. I think we're going to break it as we connect with nature is is that right and wrong, like that left brain. Everything is black and white. There's, there's only one right and everyone else is wrong, like this black and white, right, wrong. And, and then as we come out of that left brain, expand the whole brain consciousness into the heart, we see the shades of gray and the many shades of colors of like reality is not black and white reality is lots of different shades of cut co- and colors and tastes and flavors and there's so much more richness it's it's rich with variety and diversity and all those things so so you know like you were saying and, and, I, and I know you come from a, from a family of butchers so that's the, the irony with me and you <laughs> but it's um you know I have so, I have so much respect for people that work I don't have any respect for people that work with animals inhumanely Right. But people that, you know, and people say, oh, you can't love them and eat them, or you can't love them and you can kill them. Of course you can. Right. Of course you can. It's a different, it's just a different mindset. You know, you can, you know, I've had friends that, that have reared a lamb or a pig or something, and they couldn't kill it <laughs> because, <laughs> because they got too attached to it. It's not right. about love, it's about attachment. Right. Well, I have a friend who, who who brought up goats, and he said that he cries 
every time like he, he, he kills the goats sometimes because he says he keeps you know, when you keep goats in captivity or you know he has a lot he's in he's in nature in a really wild space is they kind of breed like crazy and if you don't cull the herd they they can start to harm each other and they get too much so every so often he has to cull one of the herd and he he cries you know he's he's in in pain and he cries and He's, you know, it's like, but he's doing it. And then he processes it all and, and shares it with the community uh, in the most harmonious way he can, you know? So, and he's a really beautiful man who's in his heart, you know? It's like someone could judge him as being, oh, well, you're keeping animals and you're killing goats. Like, no, he's just doing his best, you know? <laughs> it's like, he's really yeah. in his heart, so. You know what, Phil? That's really interesting you're saying that because some of the people that I've that I've loved or loved the most have been people that, that kill animals. And actually they've been, it's, the irony is again, I like that word tonight, is <laughs> they have so much compassion and actually they have so much heart. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unbelievable. And yet the vegan movement is lacking in heart and empathy. Mm -hmm. Because what they're focused on is the cruelty. Right. There, that something was said today, and I thought, wow, the vegans are focused on, they're actually focused on what's wrong, mm -hmm. and they're focused on cruelty. So, as long as you're focused on what's wrong, and you're focused on the cruelty, mm -hmm. where's the solution? Right. They're in that, hey, it's exact, the exact thing. When you're in, whoa, my God, the analogy is great there, Phil, it's like, Today, so what's happened in 2020 is everybody's in fight flight, is in, in pain and focused on the problem and, and in fear of this virus that's going to be out to get them. Or like, and, you know, the vegan movement, yeah, it's focused on, oh, my God, this, this, these animals are dying and they're being destroyed. And it's like they're in that fight flight all the time instead of going, OK, well, what are we what are we going to do about this? And there are many that do make changes. Some there are some great compassionate vegans. But as we know, you know, Gable Cousins is totally a, an amazing, compassionate vegan. He talks to these things, but he's not an angry vegan. He's not like attacking people, you know, Gabriel Cousins. Just, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's I a mean, big Gabriel, difference. Like, I mean, Gable, uh, David Wolf is, you know, he's vegetarian. I think occasionally he'll have some ghee, but he's like, he's like, doesn't eat animals, but he's very, he's, he seems to me to be a compassionate being. Like he thinks of all the different aspects, very respectful. Yeah, respectful. And I think, I, I think actually that's where we, you know, we've got to be respectful and we've got to give solutions. You know, for farmers, for, for farmers not to be farmers isn't a solution. <clears throat> The farmers to get their slaughterhouses back on their farms, so they actually have to face it. Because I think for lots of farmers that, that, that rear their animals, they love what they're doing, they love their animals, they send them off in the trucks, mm -hmm. and it breaks their heart because they right. know what's going to happen because yeah. they're not allowed to do what they used to do. Right, which was, yeah, have their own slaughterhouse. They're not allowed to. Um, take what they need to and do what they need to do they've got to send them all on trucks and that's you know that's the issue is that again it's that disconnection energy that we're talking about is like oh we'll put the slaughterhouse out there you know we'll close it all off so nobody can see it yeah. and we'll take it away from the land we're separating it with it's the separation that yeah. we're doing 
It's the same. Like and, and, and what they've done now is they've created another problem because all of the animals in a certain area go to a certain slaughterhouse. So therefore, it's just, it's just David Rudling. I'm not, a, I don't know who it is. So <laughs> not... I used to go to school with him. Oh, okay. So we'll, I, I haven't seen him for a long time, so I have no clue where his thoughts are on this now. Well, yeah, we're kind of getting to the end of the show, I think, but... Um... Is that going to be on mute, Phil, or what? Uh, I think so. Yep, I think he's... Well, we'll just keep an eye on it. Right now, he's not showing anything, so we're good. We'll just get... <laughs> okay. So, David, welcome. Welcome on the show. Uh, I, I haven't spoken to you for... I don't know how long, 20, 30, 40 years, I suppose. His granny, Phil, used to be my uh, playgroup teacher. Oh. <laughs> 1972. <laughs> wow. Uh, if that's the same David Rudden, I'm guessing it's got to be. Um, so that's throwing me out until now, Phil. Where were so we were yeah. talking about this, the slaughterhouses, and we were talking about the connection that the farmers have, and we've separated that. We separated the farmers from, you know, from the the slaughter and and, and working with the animals and, and and the whole. It's that separation, you know. That's what you were talking about, I think. Yeah. So, so you know, and then that then that becomes so. So all, all the animals now in, in the region have become to these licensed slaughterhouses. So all the animals are now being taken on these massive trucks. A long way from a long way from from their families, mm -hmm. which is traumatizing, and um, <clears throat> and then of course they're they're on this massive conveyor belt that's you know there's no empathy, there's no sympathy, boom 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 boom, and when it was all done on the farm, totally you know it's it's a different it's a different thing. It yeah. then becomes the farmers connected, the, the the animals haven't got gone through all that trauma. It, it's uh, it's just it's a totally different thing. Yeah, and those animals on these conveyor belt systems, kind of going back to the start of the, the call, was they have cancers, they have diseases, their their bacterial balance is out of balance. That they're, they're really very plus all the adrenaline and all the stress, and then people are eating these animals, they're eating these creatures <laughs> that are just very you know very very unhealthy thing as opposed to you know, a farmer who's worked with the animal and probably has, you know, a garden as well and is growing food and, you know, just works with those animals and, and does it in the timely thing and uses the whole animal. So, again, it's the, the disconnection there, so. Totally. And, you know, and that's the, again, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's all, everything's become separated, isolated. All these problems have been created when actually when it was done on it everything was done on a small scale right everything was done on a small scale so once you scale anything up mm -hmm. you've got a problem so yeah you know, we need to go back down we need to slow it all down we need to to just go back to the to the old ways yep you know and and those of us that that know we don't need to eat meat we don't need to eat meat but but you know if people are going to eat meat we need to we need to get the you know they need the best quality and the animals need the best quality of life 
So one of the things my, my granddad always said to me about roadkill was he said, oh, no, you don't want to eat roadkill. And I said, why is that? And he said, because it's full of stress. Interesting. When an animal gets hit by a car, the body is completely flooded with stress. Interesting. Before it dies. So when it goes on a truck to a slaughterhouse, the body is full of stress. So what you're, what you're eating with beef is stress and beef-flavoured piss. Because the, the, the animal also floods their body with piss to break it down. So they're uric acid, acid, right? Mm -hmm. They're using the uric acid to break the body down. So therefore, you, you've got stress and piss-flavoured beef. Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, beef and stress-flavoured piss, whichever way around it is. Yeah. So when you're looking at something that's, that's hunted in the wild, it's hunted re really well, and really, um, and really peacefully, mm -hmm. there's none of the stress. Right. Great. And this, <laughs> you know, and this is what, it, it, it's the stress. It's the stress that's it's horrendous. Right. And it just like, it's just like, that analogy goes out to like the, the monopolies and the big corporations and these, you know, these all the politicians making these big decisions about, okay, we're all going to go to electric cars. And it's like they have no connection to how that car was created and uh, like, or it was created in other, in other countries. Like, again, it's like we've become too big that we can't even see like what's happening on the ground. So, yeah. Same, you know, we're connect, we're disconnected. And then I had a friend of mine talking of that again, Phil, and going back to the goat thing. A friend of mine used to be a biodynamic dairyman and a herdsman. Mm -hmm. And, and um, with biodynamics, they always keep the horns on the cows. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the exact figure, but somewhere around 38, when the, when the herd gets over 38, they become socially dysfunctional. Interesting. And then they horn each other, <laughs> and then that's when the, that's when the problems. So, so it's social beha social behavioural issues, and that reminded me of another one with schools. Once a school gets over three hundred children, and over thirty children to a class, they become socially dysfunctional. Wow. And my sisters went to a school. Everyone that went to the school close to us, the secondary school. There was about 340 kids in something like that, three to 350 children. And everybody, well, everybody, everyone I've ever spoken to that went to that school loved it. It was incredible. Now I went to another school when that one closed down and there was about 850 kids in that school. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. What were the classroom sizes there? About 30. Mm -hmm. But it's just, too, it's just, you know, I went from a, I went from a village school that had about 80 children to a mm. secondary school of 850. And for me, it was horrendous. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, again, you, you've got all this uh, social discord mm -hmm. because the numbers are too great. And that's why little villages worked. Mm -hmm. Once you get towns, they don't work because you've got social discord. Right, and then the bigger, the bigger the town, the more you need police forces to keep it under control and the more you need controls and regulations and uh, just, 
We're in, yeah, like, yeah. You know, if you live in a if you live in a small village like I did, you can't do anything about your dad's life now. <laughs> 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 and if and if your dad didn't give you a smack around the ear, someone else's dad gave you a smack around the ear. <laughs> and then if your dad found out that someone else gave you a smack around the ear, you had another one. Right. Because number one, you got caught, and then you disrespected the family, right? Yep. Uh, and of course, as everything's got bigger, that doesn't happen. Yep, you lose control of it. You lose control, therefore you need more police and more control. And actually, it's the same with the farms. You lose control, then you need more control. And on it goes. And yep. Actually, you know, they farmed very well throughout, throughout the civilised world with small farms. <sighs> well, Phil, that feels like a rant done, doesn't it? It does. It feels like, well, what a show. <laughs> what a show. Louise, do you have any questions there? Oh, yeah, Louise, any questions? We appreciate you coming on and joining us. Our, our one, one top fan there. And staying. <laughs> yes, he stayed the whole time. I'm proud he of you. The whole time. David was off on our rant. <laughs> Got any questions in the in the tight box, Lou? She's off in the kitchen making a cup of tea. <laughs> I think she's probably making a cup of tea. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, uh, this has been a great show. We appreciate everybody who's watching on Facebook or afterwards on YouTube, and uh, we thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been great to um, to get a voice to all of these aspects, thoughts, sharing it with you, Phil, and then and then bouncing off of you and sharing it with people that are, that want to listen and um, want to know. And at the end of the day, this is just our opinion. It's Phil's opinion, and it's my opinion. Um, it's not fact. It's not true. It's just our thoughts. We sit here. We share them. Um, you know, that's the aim is is to have right. uh, in depth conversations, discussions, um, and to get other people on to share their views. Right. And I think we need to be able to have this healthy discussion. So a great analogy from today is like, we're, you know, people who are, you know, eat a plant-based diet, but we're able to talk about, you know, eating meat. And I think that's, that's what we've lost in society is like, we've got this right left. And I think we want to have these healthy discussions. We want to encourage others to have a healthy discussion and not say I'm right and you're wrong. It's like, well, let me listen to what you have to say and let's work together and, and grow together. So Yeah, and, and you know, and how can we make how can we have a better version of what we've got? Right. You know, that's that's for me, that's always the thing. Compared to what? You know, it's terrible compared to what? Mm -hmm. Or bad compared to what? You know, it's like this is what we've got to remember is if we think something's really bad. How can we then make that better? How can we then do a better version of that? And then how can we do a better version of that? And then how can we do a better version of that? And that's what we've got to do is encourage people to be doing better versions of what they're doing in order to get the result that we think is better. Right. And I think, you know, our, our opinion is like, we're gonna to come to those insights when we connect with nature, when we eat a healthy diet, like that's our, our thing is, but that's when the answers are going to start flowing is when we reconnect with each other, with nature, 
with the nutrition we put in our bodies. So, yeah, definitely. Well, Phil, we can go on about that anyway. Yeah. So, we can, just, we can just carry on but that's the next flow coming so we'll just so if you love this show please go to philandphil.com and uh, you're welcome to make a donation so you can pay for the website and so phil can buy a new uh, a new microphone <laughs> so you, yeah you see, phil, i bought a new microphone phil needs a new microphone yeah <laughs> um yeah so we can just upgrade and 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 keep doing our best to be the best version of ourselves and, and to create the show to be the best version of the show. And it takes time, effort, money, um, and we're learning. You know, we're learning about ourselves, we're learning about each other, we're learning about this dynamic, and we're learning about live streaming and YouTubing. Yep. So thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful rest of the rest of the week, and we'll we'll see you next week. Bye. Watching. Bye. 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 Stop live streaming.